Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. We have sold our house, we have quit our jobs and we're about to travel to three continents, 16 countries, 30 cities and villages on basically a journey of togetherness and learning. The Story. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today we actually have the beginning of a story for you, an unorthodox adventure from Julia and Andrew McGregor. Together they are setting off on a quest, along with their children, to become closer as a family and closer to God by travelling the world. We'll find out what inspired this drastic change in their lives today on The Story. Andrew and Julia are chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Well, the other day, my wife and I ran into a family from church outside a local cafe, and I noticed that they had a video camera with them. They said that they were documenting the beginning of their journey, to which I said, What? Or words to that effect. So I have invited them into the studio to tell their story and why they sold their house to travel the world for a family gap year. Andrew and Julia, welcome to the program. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Eric. Okay. Listeners want to know, why was this the beginning of a journey? How did we come to bump into you filming something? What was that all about? Yeah, so you actually um, ran into us. We've just finished filming the first introduction scene for our family gap here. It basically went into the how, the why of what we were doing and where the inspiration came from. And so you caught us at the tail end of that. We have sold our house, we have quit our jobs, and we're about to travel to three continents, 16 countries, 30 cities and villages on basically a journey of togetherness and learning. Well, now I have heard people (laughs) take a gap year. That's not too uncommon. Well, it is pretty uncommon, but I've never heard of anybody selling their house. I mean, that's kind of going the next step, I guess. Well, that's not something I would do naturally, ever. That's that's contrary to everything that we've been working for for the last 12 years. You know, the family house was the dream and we built it and we love our home. And it's all I thought I ever wanted or we ever wanted. And so naturally, my Julia state being who I am would not willingly just give that up, um, certainly not on a whim. But what actually happened was I... I did have a, a vision, and it was inspired in September last year by God. Okay, we're going to find out a little bit more about that vision and how that vision led to us meeting yeah. on that Saturday morning at sure. the beginning of your journey as a family. But right now, we want to kind of take a step back and find out the Andrew and Julia story. Andrew, let's start with you. Where were you born and raised? Yeah, so I was uh, born and raised in country Victoria. Raised by two teachers, and we'll find out why that's important at some point too. Education is a big thing. Education is a big thing in our family. Uh, my grandmother was a, a teacher as well, and uh, my sister is also. Um, I was also raised in, in a Christian church, and I, I remember ending up in a uh, Christian event somewhere up in, in Queensland with my cousins and my family, and I got the old altar call to come and dedicate my life to, to Christ. And I obeyed, and I, and I turned up. And I asked at that point, that, you know, for Jesus to come into my life, but also to show himself or reveal himself to me in, in a way that I understood. And I don't know whether I wasn't listening properly for the years after that or whether I got distracted by life and, and other things. But The distractions I, of this world, possibly? That's a very common story, Yeah, or maybe I wasn't, I wasn't quiet enough. And I went off in a different direction and... 
I made made some pretty significant mistakes over the following year. I, I did go off to uni like the expectation was in a, in a family that was uh, of educators, and I managed to drag out that uni experience for several years longer than I should have. How was uh, that? Well, did you go for your master's or uh, no? Not for master's, but for, for getting again distractions of, of mm. um, you know the life of a twenty year old, right? Um, other things, other not Christ like things, I guess you would put mm. it. Uh, look, it, it ended up cycling down um i I became miserable and suffered from depression and other things as well and i hit rock bottom a couple of years before i met julia i was ended up in dead-end jobs i wasn't doing what i was called to do i didn't have any meaning in life i studied philosophy as a major in in, oh wow for example and i studied the eastern religions all sorts of things and I was convinced by the end of it, there was just simply no meaning to anything, no meaning to life, and that's what philosophy had taught me. But I decided that there was more to it, that there was there was a purpose. There was I was here for for some kind of reason. I didn't know what it was, and I, I decided to turn my my life around at that point, and started shedding some of those things that had been weighing me down for, for so long. On part of the recovery, I ended up in a, a job. Uh, dead end job still, but working as a courier driver, which is certainly not where um where my skills. Lie. All those years of education for a courier driver position. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That was that was, was uh, making the wrong choices. I, I can say that I can relate to the prodigal son story mm. in, mm-hmm. in the Bible. Yep. Right, that's something that I a very strong theme, particularly through that part of my life. I ended up in this job, and believe it or not, three people in in this company. And Julia walks through the door, becomes a, a new uh, secretary. And I, I don't know what the chances of, of that are, right? I know where it comes from now. <laughs> At the time, I still wasn't walking with the Lord. So, I mean, I was amazed that, that someone like that would, would walk into this job. But now looking back, I can see God's hand in this very, very clearly, right? It's He's picked out somebody. And I, I joke about this too, that She'd had to be imported from from South Africa, right? <laughs> there wasn't somebody locally. It was she was carefully picked and even imported. A special one just for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I guess Julie can talk about some of the rest of my journey from there. But yeah, yeah, let's uh, get your perspective. Sure. So you happen to walk into this business? I and- do this dead end job in the middle of nowhere where I shouldn't have been, and I saw Andrew and didn't actually see him. I saw him. In, a, in the sense of I had an awareness that there was, you know, three other people. So I, I should actually tell you that there was four people in this company. There were three males, Andrew being one of them, and then me. Um, and so a company of four people, dead-end job, and he was not on my radar. I One, he was nothing that I ever thought was attractive. Um, okay, but Andrew's <laughs> just feeling really wonderful over here. <laughs> well, I, I, think it, I think it must have been the long hair that you Well, that's did. exactly right. I <laughs> oh, always, okay. Well, you don't have long hair now. There must be a story. Well, I always say that he was one haircut away from being good looking. And um, <laughs> I didn't notice him. And it wasn't until he opened his mouth and started talking, you know, a couple of weeks later that I went, wow, hello, who are you? So I noticed him properly then. But the reason I was there in the first place, really, because I shouldn't have been, was that at the age of 20, um, so I was 20 when I met him, my sister actually, who was 15, died. So she died Mm. in that same year. She was in a road accident and I was actually at uni at the time. I was in halfway, literally halfway through my Bachelor of of Business 
and at that point when she died, I kind of reevaluated everything in terms of never in terms of my faith because I was raised my entire life in a Christian home and, and um, you had a strong faith and I had a really strong faith absolutely in fact God made everything else that doesn't make sense he made everything make sense so that was always my cornerstone but I reevaluated everything in terms of what I want from life with relationships and time and how I spend my time and so when she died I kind of took time out from that uni degree and went okay I'm going to defer and that but I needed a job and I didn't have one and I found myself in this dead end job so this was just a temporary it thing. was a temporary thing it was a transition phase and I didn't know a transition phase into what and there I met Andrew and have been married to him 15 years later and we have three daughters and the rest kind of you know time gets away from you but we need to back up a little bit further you were born in South oh, Africa? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I was born... That's right, because he jokes that I had to be imported. So I was, <laughs> I was um, born in South Africa and came here when I was three years old. Okay. So that's the background. And then... So you've been married how long now? 15 years. 15 years. 15 years yes. And then... Well, as we mentioned, we bumped into you at the yeah. local cafe, but let's find out what led up to you being at that cafe sure. and filming the beginning of your journey. I understand you had a vision. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you're right. So for 15 years, we've been married. And of those 15 years, the bulk of them, so t at least 12 of those years, was spent towards working to that great Australian dream, you know, the home ownership and the raising your family in the family home and having it be all that you dream it to be and having that sense of security. And so we, we achieved that and we're in the process of still achieving that. Obviously, you've got to pay it off. And so we were doing all of those things. And then one day last year in September... Andrew was in Seattle for work. The kids were at school and I was doing the life-changing act of washing the dishes <laughs> and um, was staring into the soapy side water. That, that's not usually where you think of life-changing visions coming to you, but Absolutely. the Lord works it's in mysterious ways. There's way. amazing places that you yeah. get visions too. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I was washing the dishes and just lost in thought. I was thinking about the beauty of life and the fragility of it and how precious time While is. While washing the dishes? While washing the dishes. I'm, I'm not, you know, well, like I said, I, you know, I had a sister that passed and so when, mm. and then... Actually, I didn't actually tell you that when I was also 25 and my eldest was just um, two, I was diagnosed with cancer. They got it wrong. Thank God, quite literally, for that. But um, for a week, I lived thinking that I had cancer. So wow. two different doctors diagnosed me with that. And so when you're faced at such a young age, at 20 with your sister dying and at 25 being told you have cancer, when you're faced with your own mortality, you look at the world differently. It's mm. just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So here I am washing the dishes, thinking about, you know, life and it's a miracle and it's beautiful. And um, those pensive kind of thoughts, just I was lost in them. And all of a sudden this vision came and it came from God without a doubt because you, you just know when you know. And I had this vision and it appeared of a glittering gold city and it was amazing and it was in the distance and it was sparkling and stunning. And then I was given a bird's eye perspective of the earth and I see this stunning um, gold city and then all of a sudden train tracks appear that run all across the earth, uh, just a linear set of train tracks, one set. And upon the train tracks, a train appeared. And it was a V-line type high-speed train. And it was headed solely for this gold glittering city. And on board the train was all of Western civilization. And then this train headed towards this city with all of Western civilization on it was just going full speed ahead, solely focused on this city. And it passed. It didn't stop for the stations that were along the way. And the stations, instead of names like, you know, um, Box Hill or Ringwood or Heatherdale mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. instead of these names, it had names like mindfulness, togetherness, relationship, family, well-being, health. And it had these names, but it didn't stop for any of them. And after the vision dissipated, God gave me just one word that hung in the air that said togetherness. Now, 
I know that was God because I, Julia, being the writer or aspiring writer, would have chosen a much more fancier word. I would have chosen, <laughs> you know, relationship or unity or something like that. And then he gave me the meaning of the um, vision, which the city represented materialism and wealth creation and multiple properties and shares. And there's nothing wrong with those things in itself. There's mm-hmm. certainly nothing wrong with those. But what he showed me in the vision was the train itself is our journey of life. And mm-hmm. he, sh- he revealed that it's what we give up in pursuit of that glittering gold city that represents materialism. You know, these stations of togetherness and family along the way, what we solely give up in pursuit of that. And then I went, wow, Lord, okay, what do I do with that? <laughs> like, where do you go from having something like that? And that's when I rang Andrew in Seattle, and I thought, I've got to tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe yeah, Andrew, Andrew. <laughs> she gets this phone call after washing dishes and having a vision. What was your response? <laughs> well, well I, I, I couldn't talk to her at the time. I had other work things on at the moment, so I promised to call her back. But, but in the meantime, I'd been going through a growth period as well. So uh, I'd recently moved into a uh, worldwide position, uh, and I've been training people. Now, uh, we should uh, say that you've uh, since moved on from your career job, and now what type of work are you doing? This was all based around IT. This is where I've, I've spent all my working career in. But the role had taken me across Asia-Pacific and taken me into a training-type role as well as, as other things, sales. Because you're the trainer. I'm the trainer, yeah. yeah which the trainee, is, you're the trainer. Yeah. Ironically, I spent my life trying to run away from my teacher education heritage. Mm-hmm, yeah. and, and the further I ran away from it, the more I ended up teaching. Right? It was It's just one of those things. That I, I had a uh, an epiphany, a revelation, if you like, about education, and I've been concerned about the state of the ed- education of my kids mm-hmm. and where the world was moving, and whether the education system was keeping up with that. And particularly with my experience of travelling around the world, uh, uh, realizing just how many different cultures and how changes in one part of the world affect others. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that I needed to do something to raise that awareness with, with my kids. Um, a world education, right? To get them out there and experience different cultures and, and different lives. So I called Julia back to explain the vision, the epiphany that I had a- around education. Wow. And how that we, we needed to do something really different with, with our kids. So the two of you were having epiphanies that God was tugging your hearts to do something different yeah, out absolutely. of the ordinary. Yeah, most definitely. You're listening to The Story, where today we're hearing the beginning of an adventure with Andrew and Julia McGregor. We'll find out more about their trip and what inspired it when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. This is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scatterbo chatting with Andrew and Julia McGregor, who have basically decided to drop everything and take their children on a somewhat unorthodox adventure. Next, we find out what inspired them to take this new path in their lives. Um, The epiphany has evolved, and certainly we've been open the entire time and praying 
to Jesus that he will just put on our heart what it is he wants us to do with this. So he's opened the doors that needed to be opened along the way, both practically and um, spiritually. But one of the things that emerged was a growing discontentment with our everyday status quo Mm -hmm. Western culture. And from that, that growing discontentment, that restlessness that I really believe um, he stirred up, showed us that our pursuit and our time is so focused on material things, you know, on having the next thing or having the house and just all the time that is spent in achieving that, that actually takes away from family and from relationships. And so with that growing discontentment, obviously always done in prayer, um, we looked at what do we want to achieve from this? And Andrew certainly keeping in mind with his, in line with education and his growing concerns around that. We prayed about it and came up with a vision statement and asked God and the Holy Spirit to lead us. Um, so the, the vision statement we came up with was a 10-month gap year to redefine what a life well-lived means by focusing on family without the distractions of everyday life, embracing Jesus' love as our foundation to gain a worldwide education, a deeper reverence for life, and the resilience to navigate an ever-changing world. Wow, there's a lot in there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there's a lot we want to cover. There's a lot we want to achieve from this. Well, let's start with the beginning. You decided to take a break from everyday living. Is yes. that right? Yes, yeah, so we quit my job. Quit your job? I've quit my job. It's a good job. I've got no complaints. Um, I explained it to one of my bosses. In He didn't understand it. He couldn't understand what it was. Actually leaving a, a good job. Why would, would someone want to do that? And I really had trouble to explain it to him because... The way I see it is that... Well, my wife was washing the dishes. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can listen to this program now, yeah, right? There you go. Yeah. I'll send him the details. And that's part of the crux of what we're, we're trying to achieve here, right? The distractions of everyday life, distractions of things, of, of careers even. Don't get me wrong, careers can be extremely important, and God's looked after me very well through my career to date. But they can become a distraction mm-hmm. as well. Stuff. What are you doing with all your stuff? Well, we've started shedding lots of it. Some of it will go into storage. So, you know, when we get there, back. there is going to be life after this. Absolutely. But. And truthfully, Andrew's better at shedding than I am. Um, <laughs> so, don't, so don't get me wrong. Like, I love, and this is the thing that's so amazing, is that it's some parts of it have been easier for him. So, for instance, this is so counter to who we are, which is another reason that we know God's in it, because we are the kind of people, we're quite type A people. We like to know how, when, where. We like to have a plan. We like to know where we're going to live when we get back, what schools the kids are going to go into because we've taken them out of their private school education. Mm-hmm. We are not discontent with our life, but we realise that there's this question that's lingering and there are a lot of answers we don't have that people are asking us, where are you going to live, how are you going to live, what job, all these questions. And I, my response to them is, you know what, sometimes you've got to go where your questions in life lead you. It's actually a quote I read the other let's, day. Let's hear that again, but a little bit slower <laughs> <Yeah>. this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the quote I read was, go where your questions in life lead you. And that's what the Holy Spirit has done. He stirred up a discontent where there was complete content before. We love our home. We, it was the dream. Um, we still love nice things. I love nice things. I love comfort. And we're actually about to embrace a lifestyle of what we know is going to involve a lot of discomfort. There's going to be uncertainty. There's going to be unexpected things that happen. And it's about how we pull together as a family and the resilience that we can draw on and we can draw on faith and those things and not having the answers to everything beforehand but having to deliberately exercise faith to go where those questions lead us. You've written, we are leaving Australia to travel the world on a family gap year for 10 months of continuous travel, nomadic style. We will visit 30 cities and villages across three continents in 16 countries. We will have one suitcase each plus a carry-on and carry our life in these cases. 
We will experience opposite climates from Arctic to the Pacific countries, all while world schooling our three daughters. So that's the plan that came out of your visions. Yes, it is, essentially. So, so one of the common questions we get is, oh, what are we doing about our education? But what we really want to do, what I want to do, is connect the learning with their experiences. So a lot of students have issues with their education because they don't see the relevance of it. They don't know how to connect what they're learning in, in schools to their real life, so to speak. And what we intend to do with this trip is do the learning, the, the, the book work, or whatever you want to call it, but tie it to an, an experience. Okay, so that's the education part. So it will be kind of like homeschooling, but uh, worldwide homeschooling in a sense, interacting with everything that you visit. So learning about, uh, say, paintings in Italy and all that type of thing. Yes, another really important one is culture. And that's one of the epiphanies, I guess, as part of the education. Traveling all over Asia Pacific, having to interact with different cultures, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, when you go to a developing country and see people living with next to nothing but very happy, it changes your perspective forever. And Absolutely. so you'll have that experience with your children at some point. Yeah, definitely. And look, another thing about appreciating culture and, and changing our perspective is that Andrew and I both feel most alive when we're in creation. And so God is naturally there all the mm -hmm. time. And in fact, so much so that, I don't know if you know this, Eric, but it says in Job 12, verse 7 to 10, and this is exactly what we're um, embracing along the journey, but ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky and they will tell you, or speak to the earth and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea in Form you, Which of all of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. So I guess what we're doing is um, immersing ourselves or placing ourselves in, in, in the world deliberately to start a conversation, to start a conversation where God can come because our concrete cities that, you know, entomb us in comfort and as great as that is, because I love it as much as the next person, it blocks out a lot of those receptors that we have that can tap into Jesus and the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. we're immersing ourselves in a journey that just opens the door to that all the more. Don't get me wrong, there's definitely elements of holiday there, mm -hmm. um, yep. but it's not essentially what the whole trip is about. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than just a holiday. Okay, so you have the education, you have the spiritual growth, so you're intentionally looking at the world that God created and doing mm -hmm. Bible studies as well? Absolutely, yeah, okay. all of it. And then also in the mix, getting back to your original vision, togetherness, getting closer as a family. Yeah, well, that's it. There's a lot of miles that we've got to cover. Yeah. Okay. And, and just getting down to some practical things, you have put money aside to do this. So you ha have budgeted the 10 months out, and then you also have a certain amount afterwards. So you're, you're not just completely flying in the darkness. No, this we, is all we have planned a, out. We have a, we have a small parachute. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, what we've done is we had to sell the house. Because some people said, why didn't you rent it out? We couldn't rent it out. Realistically, for this to happen, we had to sell our home to fund the trip. Mm -hmm. But from that, we've put aside enough for a deposit for a house eventually, um, mm -hmm. wherever that may be that we're going to live. That being said, um, it's not huge, but it's something. And it is, we anticipate at this point, it is a downgrade. We've downgraded our lifestyle because I don't think we'll be able to buy back into the market at the point of where mm -hmm. we've left it. But upgraded your family style. Exactly. exactly. Your educational style. That's right. Your spiritual life. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I've learned since chatting with you is that this is all about surrendering, surrendering from the cultural norm of materialism yeah. to saying, God, what do you have in this for me? And, and, I, and 
some of the questions that I've asked you, you guys don't have the answers to because you don't know how God is going to use this. No, we don't. And Andrew, you said that you're actually open to if you were in some country, if the Lord tugged your heart and said, hey, this is where you should be serving or you should, should be involved that your whole life could be completely changed by this. I mean, we don't know where this trip is going to end up. You could be in missions or something when it's all done. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Totally open to it. And in fact, I'm hoping something like that or whatever else God's got planned um, turns up. I don't plan to return to this life. I mean, it's been fabulous. And it, it is a season, though, as far as I can see it. It's enabled me to provide the kids that basic education that, that we've got for our school. Our school's been terrific. But I don't want to return to IT. There's a change coming. And Julie sometimes asks me, are you, are you scared? I say, yes. If I'm not scared, then this thing isn't big enough and it isn't mm. bold enough, right? Mm. It's taking a step, and I, I don't know where that next step is. But, but that, you're trusting the Lord. Absolutely. He's led us this this point, and knowing him, he'll turn up with something even more amazing mm-hmm. than what we're talking about right now. Watch this space. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Andrew and Julia McGregor, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Well, the beginning of your journey. That's right. We'll have to have you on again in the future to find out how the Lord led during your journeys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. Well, as we just heard, that's not the end of the story for Andrew and Julia McGregor, but only the beginning. Please pray for them on their travels and for direction as they seek the Lord's will for the next exciting chapter in their lives after they complete this trip. We'll just have to wait and see what God has in store for them. And by the way, you can read about how their travels are progressing at Julia's blog, lostandfoundtraveller.com. That's lostandfoundtraveller.com. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with somebody today. Next time on The Story. There were times in my career, I remember I was working on, on a serial killer and he'd eluded us and uh, we lost contact. We were just about to arrest him and he vanished. Well, we found him about nine months later living in Adelaide. And I'll never forget, I had to interview this guy. Before I walked in there, I just prayed to the Lord. And in my worst rebellion in the state I was at, when I needed God, I asked for him and he answered me. Rod Baker was working as a highly successful detective in New South Wales, while at the same time, his marriage was falling apart. Miraculously, they got back together after a 12-year separation. We'll find out their story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.